Question 115 of Summa Theologica Pars Prima on the Divine Government. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Summa Theologica Pars Prima on the Divine Government by St. Thomas Aquinas. Translated by the Fathers of the English Dominican Province. Question 115 on the action of the corporeal creature article one whether a body can be active objection one it would seem that no bodies are active for augustine says in on the city of god five nine there are such things that are acted upon but do not act such are bodies there is one who acts but is not acted upon this is god there are things that both act and are acted upon. These are the spiritual substances. Objection 2. Further, every agent except the first agent requires in its work a subject susceptible of its action. But there is not substance below the corporeal substance which can be susceptible of the latter's action, since it belongs to the lowest degree of beings. Therefore, corporeal substance is not active. Objection 3. Further, every corporeal substance is limited by quantity, but quantity hinders substance from movement and action, because it surrounds it and penetrates it, just as a cloud hinders the air from receiving light. A proof of this is that the more a body increases in quantity, the heavier it is and the more difficult it is to move. Therefore, no corporeal substance is active. Objection 4. Further, the power of action in every agent is according to its propinquity to the first active cause. But bodies, being most composite, are most remote from the first active cause, which is most simple. Therefore, bodies are active. Objection 5. Further, if a body is an agent, the term of its action is either a substantial or an accidental form. But it is not a substantial form, for it is not possible to find any body, any principle of action, save an active quality, which is an accident. And an accident cannot be the cause of a substantial form, since the cause is always more excellent than the effect. Likewise, neither is it an accidental form, for an accident does not extend beyond its subject, as Augustine says in On the Trinity 9.4. Therefore, no bodies are active. On the contrary, Dionysius says, in On the Heavenly Hierarchy 15, that among other qualities of corporeal fire, it shows its greatness in its action and power on that of which it lays hold. I answer that it is apparent to the senses that some bodies are active, but concerning the action of bodies there have been three errors. For some denied all action to bodies, this is the opinion of Avicebron in his book On the Fount of Life, where, by the arguments mentioned above, he endeavors to prove that no bodies act, but that all the actions which seem to be the actions of bodies are the actions of some spiritual power that penetrates all bodies, so that, according to him, it is not fire that heats, but a spiritual power which penetrates by means of the fire. And this opinion seems to be derived from that of Plato. For Plato held that all forms existing in corporeal matter are participated thereby, 
and determined and limited thereto and that separate forms are absolute and as it were universal wherefore he said that these separate forms are the causes of forms that exist in matter therefore inasmuch as the form which is in corporeal matter is determined to this matter individualized by quantity avicebron held that the corporeal form is held back and imprisoned by quantity as the principle of individuality so as to be unable by action to extend to any other matter and that the spiritual and immaterial form alone which is not hedged in by quantity can issue forth by acting on something else but this does not prove that the corporeal form is not an agent but that it is not a universal agent for in proportion as a thing is participated so of necessity must that be participated which is proper thereto thus in proportion to the participation of light is the participation of visibility but to act which is nothing else than to make something to be in act is essentially proper to an act as such wherefore every agent produces its like so therefore to the fact of its being a form not determined by matter subject to quantity a thing owes its being an agent indeterminate and universal but to the fact that it is determined to this matter it owes its being an agent limited and particular wherefore if the form of fire were separate as the platonists supposed it would be in a fashion the cause of every ignition but this form of fire which is in this corporeal matter is the cause of this ignition which passes from this body to that hence such an action is effected by the contact of two bodies but this opinion of avicebron goes further than that of plato for plato held only substantial forms to be separate while he referred accidents to the material principles which are the great and the small which he considered to be the first contraries and by others considered it to be the rare and the dense consequently both plato and avicenna who follows him to a certain extent held that corporeal agents act through their accidental forms by disposing matter for the substantial form but that the ultimate perfection attained by the introduction of the substantial form is due to an immaterial principle and this is the second opinion concerning the action of bodies of which we have spoken above when treating of the creation in question forty five article eight the third opinion is that of democritus who held that action takes place through the issue of atoms from the corporeal agent while passion consists in the reception of the atoms in the pores of the passive body this opinion is disproved by aristotle in on generation and corruption one eight and nine for which would follow that a body would not be passive as a whole and the quantity of the active body would be diminished through its action which things are manifestly untrue we must therefore say that a body acts for as much as it is in act on a body for as much as it is in potentiality reply to objection one this passage of augustine is to be understood of the whole corporeal nature considered as a whole while thus has no nature inferior to it on which it can act as the spiritual nature acts on the corporeal and the uncreated nature on the created nevertheless one body is inferior to another forasmuch as it is in potentiality to that which the other has in act 
from this follows the solution of the second objection but it must be observed when avicebron argues thus there is a mover who is not moved to wit the first maker of all therefore on the other hand there exists something moved which is purely passive that this is to be conceded but this latter is primary matter which is a pure potentiality just as god is pure act now a body is composed of potentiality and act and therefore it is both active and passive reply to objection three quantity does not entirely hinder the corporeal form from action as stated above but from being a universal agent forasmuch as a form is individualized through being in matter subject to quantity the proof taken from the weight of bodies is not to the purpose first because addition of quantity does not cause weight as is proved in on the heavens four two secondly it is false that weight retards movement on the contrary the heavier a thing the greater its movement if we consider the movement proper thereto thirdly because action is not affected by local movement as democritus held but by something being reduced from potentiality to act reply to objection four a body is not that which is most distant from god for it participates something of a likeness to the divine being for as much as it has a form that which is most distant from god is primary matter which is in no way active since it is a pure potentiality reply to objection five the term of a body's action is both an accidental form and a substantial form for the active quality such as heat although itself an accident acts nevertheless by virtue of the substantial form as its instrument wherefore its action can terminate in a substantial form thus natural heat as the instrument of the soul has an action terminated in the generation of flesh but by its own virtue it produces an accident nor is it against the nature of an accident to surpass its subject in acting but it is to surpass it in being unless indeed one were to imagine that an accident transfers its identical self from the agent to the patient thus democritus explained action by an issue of atoms article two whether there are any seminal virtues in corporeal matter objection one it would seem that there are no seminal virtues in corporeal matter for virtue ratio implies something of a spiritual order but in corporeal matter nothing exists spiritually but only materially that is according to the mode of that in which it is therefore there are no seminal virtues in corporeal matter objection two further augustine in on the trinity three eight and nine says that demons produce certain results by employing with a hidden movement certain seeds which they know to exist in matter but bodies not virtues can be employed with local movement therefore it is unreasonable to say that there are seminal virtues in corporeal matter objection three further seeds are active principles but there are no active principles in corporeal matter since as we have said above matter is not competent to act in article one odd two and four therefore there are no seminal virtues in corporeal matter objection four further there are said to be certain causal virtues 
augustine on the literal interpretation of genesis five four which seem to suffice for the production of things but seminal virtues are not causal virtues for miracles are outside the scope of seminal virtues but not of causal virtues therefore it is unreasonable to say that there are seminal virtues in corporeal matter on the contrary augustine says in on the trinity three eight of all the things which are generated in a corporeal and visible fashion certain seeds lie hidden in the corporeal things of this world i answer that it is customary to name things after what is more perfect as the philosopher says in on the soul two four now in the whole corporeal nature living bodies are the most perfect wherefore the word nature has been transferred from living things to all natural things for the word itself nature as the philosopher says in metaphysics five and didascally four four was first applied to signify the generation of living things which is called nativity and because living things are generated from a principle united to them as fruit from a tree and the offspring from the mother to whom it is united consequently the word nature has been applied to every principle of movement existing in that which is moved now it is manifest that the active and passive principles of the generation of living things are the seeds from which living things are generated therefore augustine fittingly gave the name of seminal virtues seminalis rationis to all those active and passive virtues which are the principles of natural generation and movement these active and passive virtues may be considered in several orders for in the first place as augustine says in on the literal meaning of genesis six ten they are principally and originally in the word of god as typal ideas secondly they are in the elements of the world where they were produced altogether at the beginning as in universal causes thirdly they are in those things which in the succession of time are produced by universal causes for instance in this plant and in that animal as in particular causes fourthly they are in the seeds produced from animals and plants and these again are compared to further particular effects as the primordial universal causes to the first effects produced reply to objection one these active and passive virtues of natural things though not called virtues rationis by reason of their being in corporeal matter it can nevertheless be so called in respect of their origin forasmuch as they are the effect of typal ideas rationis idealis reply to objection two these active and passive virtues are in certain parts of corporeal things and when they are employed with local movement for the production of certain results we speak of the demons as employing seeds reply to objection three the seed of the male is the active principle in the generation of an animal but that can be called seed also which the female contributes as the passive principle and thus the word seed covers both active and passive principles reply to objection four from the words of augustine when speaking of these seminal virtues it is easy to gather that they are also causal virtues just as seed is a kind of cause for he says in on the trinity three nine that as a mother is pregnant with the unborn offspring so is the world itself pregnant with the causes of unborn things nevertheless the typal ideas can be called causal virtues 
but not strictly speaking seminal virtues because seed is not a separate principle and because miracles are not wrought outside the scope of causal virtues likewise neither are miracles wrought outside the scope of the passive virtues so implanted in the creature that the latter can be used to any purpose that god commands but miracles are said to be wrought outside the scope of the natural active virtues and the passive potentialities which are ordered to such active virtues and this is what is meant when we say that they are wrought outside the scope of seminal virtues article three whether the heavenly bodies are the cause of what is produced in bodies here below objection one it would seem that the heavenly bodies are not the cause of what is produced in bodies here below for damascene says in on the orthodox faith two seven we may say that they namely the heavenly bodies are not the cause of generation or corruption they are rather signs of storms and atmospheric changes objection two further for the production of anything an agent and matter suffice but in things here below there is passive matter and there are contrary agents heat and cold and the like therefore for the production of things here below there is no need to ascribe causality to the heavenly bodies objection three further the agent produces its like now it is to be observed that everything which is produced here below is produced through the action of heat and cold moisture and dryness and other such qualities which do not exist in heavenly bodies therefore the heavenly bodies are not the cause of what is produced here below further augustine says in on the city of god five six nothing is more corporeal than sex but sex is not caused by the heavenly bodies a sign of this is that of twins born under the same constellation one may be male the other female therefore the heavenly bodies are not the cause of things produced in bodies here below on the contrary augustine says in on the trinity three four bodies of a grosser and inferior nature are ruled in a certain order by those of more subtle and powerful nature and dionysius in on the divine names for says that the light of the sun conduces to the generation of sensible bodies moves them to life gives them nourishment growth and perfection i answer that since every multitude proceeds from unity and since what is immovable is always in the same way of being whereas what is moved has many ways of being it must be observed that throughout the whole of nature all movement proceeds from the immovable therefore the more immovable certain things are the more they are the cause of those things which are most movable now the heavenly bodies are of all bodies the most immovable for they are not moved save locally therefore the movements of bodies here below which are various and multiform must be referred to the movement of the heavenly bodies as to their cause reply to objection one these words of damascene are to be understood as denying that the heavenly bodies are the first cause of generation and corruption here below for this was affirmed by those who held that the heavenly bodies are gods reply to objection two the active principles of bodies here below are only the active qualities of the elements such as hot and cold and the like if therefore the substantial forms of inferior bodies were not diversified save according to accidents of that kind 
the principles of which the early natural philosophers held to be the rare and the dense there would be no need to suppose some principle above these inferior bodies for they would be of themselves sufficient to act but to any one who considers the matter aright it is clear that those accidents are merely material dispositions in regard to the substantial forms of natural bodies now matter is not of itself sufficient to act and therefore it is necessary to suppose some active principle above these material dispositions this is why the platonists maintained the existence of separate species by participation of which the inferior bodies receive their substantial forms but this does not seem enough for the separate species since they are supposed to be immovable would always have the same mode of being and consequently there would be no variety in the generation and corruption of inferior bodies which is clearly false therefore it is necessary as the philosopher says in on generation two ten to suppose a movable principle which by reason of its presence or absence causes variety in the generation and corruption of inferior bodies such are the heavenly bodies consequently whatever generates here below moves to the production of the species as the instrument of a heavenly body thus the philosopher says in physics two two that man and the sun generate man reply to objection three the heavenly bodies have not a specific likeness to the bodies here below their likeness consists in this that by reason of their universal power whatever is generated in inferior bodies is contained in them in this way also we say that all things are like god reply to objection four the actions of heavenly bodies are variously received in inferior bodies according to the various dispositions of matter now it happens at times that the matter in the human conception is not wholly disposed to the male sex wherefore it is formed sometimes into a male sometimes into a female augustine quotes this as an argument against divination by stars because the effects of the stars are varied even in corporeal things according to the various dispositions of matter article four whether the heavenly bodies are the cause of human actions objection one it would seem that the heavenly bodies are the cause of human actions for since the heavenly bodies are moved by spiritual substances as stated above in question one hundred ten article three they act by virtue thereof as their instruments but those spiritual substances are superior to our souls therefore it seems that they can cause impressions on our souls and thereby cause human actions objection two further every multiform is reducible to a uniform principle but human actions are various and multiform therefore it seems that they are reducible to the uniform movements of heavenly bodies as to their principles objection three further astrologers often foretell the truth concerning the outcome of wars and other human actions of which the intellect and will are the principles but they could not do this by means of the heavenly bodies unless these were the cause of human actions therefore the heavenly bodies are the cause of human actions on the contrary damascene says in on the orthodox faith two seven that the heavenly bodies are by no means the cause of human actions i answer that 
the heavenly bodies can directly and of themselves act on bodies as stated above in article three they can act directly indeed on those powers of the soul which are the acts of corporeal organs but accidentally because the acts of such powers must needs be hindered by obstacles in the organs thus an eye when disturbed cannot see well wherefore if the intellect and will were powers affixed to corporeal organs as some maintained holding that intellect does not differ from sense it would follow of necessity that the heavenly bodies are the cause of human choice and action it would also follow that man is led by natural instinct to his actions just as other animals in which there are powers other than those which are affixed to corporeal organs for whatever is done here below in virtue of the action of heavenly bodies is done naturally it would therefore follow that man has no free will and that he would have determinate actions like other natural things all of which is manifestly false and contrary to human habit it must be observed however that indirectly and accidentally the impressions of heavenly bodies can reach the intellect and will forasmuch namely as both intellect and will receive something from the inferior powers which are affixed to corporeal organs but in this the intellect and will are differently situated for the intellect of necessity receives from the inferior apprehensive powers wherefore if the imaginative cogitative or memorative powers be disturbed the action of the intellect is of necessity disturbed also the will on the contrary does not of necessity follow the inclination of the inferior appetite for although the passions of the irascible and concupiscible have a certain force of inclining the will nevertheless the will retains the power of following the passions or repressing them therefore the impressions of the heavenly bodies by virtue of which the inferior powers can be changed has less influence on the will which is the proximate cause of human actions than on the intellect to maintain therefore that heavenly bodies are the cause of human actions is proper to those who hold that intellect does not differ from sense wherefore some of these said that such is the will of man as in the day which the father of men and the gods bring on odyssey eighteen one hundred thirty five since therefore it is manifest that intellect and will are not acts of corporeal organs it is impossible that heavenly bodies be the cause of human actions reply to objection one the spiritual substances that move the heavenly bodies do indeed act on corporeal things by means of the heavenly bodies but they act immediately on human intellect by enlightening it on the other hand they cannot compel the will as stated above in question one hundred eleven article two reply to objection two just as the multiformity of corporeal movements is irreducible to the uniformity of heavenly movement as to its cause so the multiformity of actions proceeding from the intellect and the will is reduced to a uniform principle which is the divine intellect and will reply to objection three the majority of men follow their passions which are movements of the sensitive appetite in which movements of the heavenly bodies can cooperate but few are wise enough to resist these passions consequently astrologers have been able to foretell the truth in the majority of cases especially in a general way but not in particular cases for nothing prevents man from resisting his passions by his free will 
wherefore the astrologers themselves are wont to say that the wise man is stronger than the stars ptolemy centiloquium proposition five forasmuch as to wit he conquers his passions article five whether heavenly bodies can act on the demons objection one it would seem that heavenly bodies can act on the demons for the demons according to certain phases of the moon can harass men who on that account are called lunatics as appears from mat four twenty four and seventeen fourteen but this would not be if they were not subject to the heavenly bodies therefore the demons are subject to them objection to further necromancers observe certain constellations in order to invoke the demons but these would not be invoked through the heavenly bodies unless they were subject to them therefore they are subject to them objection three further heavenly bodies are more powerful than inferior bodies but the demons are confined to certain inferior bodies namely herbs stones animals and to certain sounds and words forms and figures as porphyry says quoted by augustine in the city of god ten eleven much more therefore are the demons subject to the action of heavenly bodies on the contrary the demons are superior in the order of nature to the heavenly bodies but the agent is superior to the patient as augustine says in on the literal interpretation of genesis twelve sixteen therefore the demons are not subject to the action of heavenly bodies i answer that there have been three opinions about the demons in the first place the peripatetics denied the existence of demons and held that what is ascribed to the demons according to the necromatic art is affected by the power of the heavenly bodies this is what augustine in the city of god ten eleven relates as having been held by porphyry namely that on earth men fabricate certain powers useful in producing certain effects of the stars but this opinion is manifestly false for we know by experience that many things are done by demons if for which the power of heavenly bodies would in no way suffice for instance that a man in a state of delirium should speak an unknown tongue recite poetry and authors of whom he has no previous knowledge that necromancers make statues to speak and move and other like things for this reason the platonists were led to hold that demons are animals with an aerial body and a passive soul as apuleius says quoted by augustine in the city of god eight sixteen and this is the second of the opinions mentioned above according to which it could be said that demons are subject to heavenly bodies in the same way as we have said man is subject thereto in article four but this opinion is proved to be false from what we have said above in question fifty one article one for we hold that demons are spiritual substances not united to bodies hence it is clear that they are subject to the action of heavenly bodies neither essentially nor accidentally neither directly nor indirectly reply to objection one that demons harass men according to certain phases of the moon happens in two ways firstly they do so in order to defame god's creature as jerome in his homily on matthew four twenty four and chrysostom in his homily sixty two on matthew say secondly because as they are unable to effect anything save by means of the natural forces as stated above 
in question 114, Article 4, Reply to Objection 2. They take into account the aptitude of bodies for the intended result. Now it is manifest that the brain is the most moist of all the parts of the body, as Aristotle says. Wherefore it is the most subject to the action of the moon, the property of which is to move what is moist. And it is precisely in the brain that the animal forces culminate. Wherefore the demons, according to certain phases of the moon, disturb man's imagination, when they observe that the brain is thereto disposed. Reply to Objection 2. Demons, when summoned through certain constellations, come for two reasons. Firstly, in order to lead man into the error of believing that there is some divine power in the stars. Secondly, because they consider that under certain constellations corporeal matter is better disposed for the result for which they are summoned. Reply to Objection 3. As Augustine says on the City of God, 11.6, the demons are enticed through various kinds of stones, herbs, trees, animals, songs, rites, not as an animal is enticed by food, but as a spirit by signs, that is to say, forasmuch as these things are offered to them in token of the honor due to God, of which they are covetous. Article 6. Whether Heavenly Bodies Impose Necessity on Things Subject to Their Action Objection 1. It would seem that heavenly bodies impose necessity on things subject to their action. For given a sufficient cause, the effect follows of necessity. But heavenly bodies are a sufficient cause of their effects. Since, therefore, heavenly bodies, with their movements and dispositions, are necessary beings, it seems their effects follow of necessity. Objection 2. Further, an agent's effect results of necessity in matter, when the power of the agent is such that it can subject the matter to itself entirely but the entire matter of inferior bodies is subject to the power of heavenly bodies, since this is a higher power than theirs. Therefore, the effect of the heavenly bodies is of necessity received in corporeal matter. Objection 3. Further, if the effect of the heavenly body does not follow of necessity, this is due to some hindering cause. But any corporeal cause that might possibly hinder the effect of a heavenly body must of necessity be reducible to some heavenly principle, since the heavenly bodies are the causes of all that takes place here below. Therefore, since also that heavenly principle is necessary, it follows that the effect of the heavenly body is necessarily hindered. Consequently, it would follow that all that takes place here below happens of necessity. On the contrary, the philosopher says in on divination by dreams it is not incongruous that many of the signs observed in bodies of occurrences in the heavens such as rain and wind should not be fulfilled therefore not all the effects of heavenly bodies take place of necessity i answer that this question is partly solved by what was said above in article four and in part presents some difficulty for it was shown that although the action of heavenly bodies produces certain inclinations in corporeal nature the will nevertheless does not of necessity follow these inclinations therefore there is nothing to prevent the effect of heavenly bodies being hindered by the action of the will not only in man himself but also in other things to which human action extends but in natural things there is no such principle endowed with freedom to follow or not to follow the impressions produced by heavenly agents 
wherefore it seems that in such things at least everything happens of necessity according to the reasoning of some of the ancients who supposing that everything that is has a cause and that given the cause the effect follows of necessity concluded that all things happen of necessity this opinion is refuted by aristotle in metaphysics six in didacles five three as to this double supposition for in the first place it is not true that given any cause whatever the effect must follow of necessity for some causes are so ordered to their effects as to produce them not of necessity but in the majority of cases and in the minority to fail in producing them but that such cases do fail in the minority of cases is due to some hindering cause consequently the above-mentioned difficulty seems not to be avoided since the cause in question is hindered of necessity therefore we must say in the second place that everything that is a being per se has a cause but what is accidentally has not a cause because it is not truly a being since it is not truly one for that a thing is white has a cause likewise that a man is musical has not a cause but that a being is white musical has not a cause because it is not truly a being nor truly one now it is manifest that a cause which hinders the action of a cause so ordered to its effect as to produce it in the majority of cases clashes sometimes with this cause by accident and the clashing of these two causes inasmuch as it is accidental has no cause consequently what results from this clashing of causes is not to be reduced to a further pre-existing cause from which it follows of necessity for instance that some terrestrial body take fire in the higher regions of the air and fall to the earth is caused by some heavenly power again that there be on the surface of the earth some combustible matter is reducible to some heavenly principle but that the burning body should alight on this matter and set fire to it is not caused by a heavenly body but is accidental consequently not all the effects of heavenly bodies result of necessity reply to objection one the heavenly bodies are causes of effects that take place here below through the means of particular inferior causes which can fail in their effects in the minority of cases reply to objection two the power of a heavenly body is not infinite wherefore it requires a determinate disposition in matter both as to local distance and as to other conditions in order to produce its effect therefore as local distance hinders the effect of a heavenly body for the sun has not the same effect in heat in dacia as in ethiopia so the grossness of matter its low or high temperature or other such disposition can hinder the effect of a heavenly body reply to objection three although the cause that hinders the effect of another cause can be reduced to a heavenly body as its cause nevertheless the clashing of two causes being accidental is not reduced to the causality of a heavenly body as stated above end of question number one hundred fifteen